everyone and welcome to Beyond the Ball with me, Collie. This week I am joined by Paddy. Paddy, what's crack? How's it going? You say this week, every week you're joined by Paddy. Every week I'm joined by Paddy, yeah, it makes no difference what week it is. Paddy's always here. Uh, Paddy, we have a good show again this week. We have another guest on. Um, yes. I think this one is going to be a lot more educational, I think, uh, than most most weeks. <laughs> uh, we're ta- we're going to be talking to one of the most, I think, from what I've, what I've heard, what I've read, people have talked to, one of the most decorated coaches in my opinion in Irish football definitely has coached from I think for both of us just another plug four separate people have contacted us about this man to get him on the podcast yeah yeah Uh, he's definitely he's definitely renowned for for coaching in Irish football Um, he is a former FAI coach and a a licensed coach as well so I mean that speaks for itself uh, he's the author of two books, which we will be talking about as well. Paddy, we are joined by Larry Manny. Larry, what's the crack? Hi, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's yeah, no problem, Rob. I'd like Pleasure. to say thanks to those four members of my family who taught, <laughs> who called you. I was wondering why they all had the same second name. That was me strange. Two aunts yeah. and me two uncles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry, no, it's not a problem. Usually what we do is we'll we'll ask you a few questions. But I think what we're gonna just jump into straight away is the, the questions that we've been sent in from the listeners, just to get the ball rolling and we'll ask you a few questions. So we're gonna bring us into the question section. Now I know you're going to compliment the production value on this because everybody does it, everyone Excellent. does it. So, yeah, just yeah, was just a lot to answer for. <laughs> I'm gonna get to the fishing rod, Collie. I swear to God, every yeah. week. Yeah. I just I, I crave it. I crave the, the yeah. just the, the compliments for them beautiful work pieces of work. <laughs> uh, we're gonna jump on to the first one. I'll go first one. Uh, first one was sent in to us by Harry316. So, best player you've coached. Uh, look, I, 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 can only, I can only give one answer to that question. Like, yeah, I, I'd be slaughtered if I didn't say Roy Keane. <laughs> <laughs> like, could you see? I suppose, like, at what age was was he when you were kind of looking? Roy, at- Roy was actually I was actually the instructor on the Fast Cars when Roy went to Nottingham Forest. So we oh, really? had him. I think he was around nine. I couldn't be sure. I think he was around nineteen, whatever the, the age he was at that time. Yeah. So he, uh, like I said, he went straight from the Foss course to, to Nottingham Forest. So he was obviously playing for his own team and doing the Foss course, which is ourselves. So how did someone like Nott's Forest pick him up? Um, I, I think it's a famous story now at this stage. I think the, the um, I think Noel McCabe, who was the Forest scout at the time, went up to uh, watch someone else when uh, Rockmount were playing Belvedere in, in Fairview Park. And he went to watch someone else. I think it might have been Alan O'Neill, and the uh, he ended up seeing Roy Kane. It's that same thing, Paddy, isn't it? Every guest yeah. we talked to that has played, someone else has someone has come to watch somebody else, and they are the ones that got picked they up. Get picked up, yeah. It's crazy, like it always happens. Um, right, so best coach or best player coach was Roy Kane. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's going to be many that's going to argue with that. No, no, uh, no. And, and uh, the funny thing about it is, Collie as well, and. Again, I get slaughtered for this all the time. At the time, we would we shows you how much I know because at the time, I don't think Roy. I would have rated Roy as the best player on the course at that time. Yeah. There were a couple of fellas, Pat Fenlon, who obviously you know about, and yeah, Tony Norman, who was in the north. If anyone had, like, as you can imagine, I've answered this question quite a few times yeah, now. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And at the time, the, the the two lads, we we probably thought that they were ahead of him at that time, you know, yeah. but. I, th- I think what the thing was with Roy, he was able to make the step up. Every step he had to take, he, he took in a stride. He was brilliant at doing that. And what was it a sense of when you say like you, you didn't wouldn't have noticed it? Like there was other players there that probably shone through. But like, I mean, I've heard off other players that he would have been the hardest trainer, the hardest yeah. working trainer on the pitch. Like even when, if, even if he didn't have the raw talent at that stage, was he a hard worker? Did you see? Yeah, that? again, uh, I've answered this people people would have heard me telling this or saying this a lot of the times. We were in the initial stages then of working full-time. We weren't really we weren't really very good at planning full-time training at that time, you know, and there was an awful lot of... Uh, the players were probably, looking at back at it now, the players were probably overworked and there was a lot of people when they were stale 
a lot of you know it would have led to a lot of staleness among the players but when everyone else was tired i think the one thing that i can say and i think everyone else that was on the course at the time would say was that roy kept working he always walked away you know some yeah. engine on him good engine. yeah and well, it wasn't was just an engine. It was more a mental thing. They were mentally tired rather than physically tired. Right, yeah. right. You know, right, because right, they were going in every day and they were training twice every day. And we were probably working them too hard. We were probably even working them hard all the way up to Friday. They were playing tired at the weekend for their clubs on a Saturday. So, like I said, we, we were feeling our way in full-time yes. football at that time. It was actually yeah. the first full-time course. Roy was on the first full-time course for players. We'd had yeah. a couple of uh, full-time false courses for coaches before yeah. that but that was the first one specifically so the guinea, guinea pigs really yeah 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 and and was and he a center midfielder yeah yeah he, he was, was he was able to play i i always remember him playing i always remember being struck by how comfortable he was when he was asked to play somewhere else but he was a center midfield player nice and the, the one thing that kind of i suppose you're you're saying there that, that he got picked up because i was that engine so, like, obviously, he was able to, when players were tired, put in a little bit extra, and maybe that that kind of carried him through. Maybe he didn't; he wasn't as talented as the likes of Pat or something like that. But the energy that he had at the later stages was a massive difference between him kind of making the jump and going to the next level. But like, is that is that something that you, as a coach, would really, I suppose, encourage your players now at this stage? Well, like, would you use that as like a like look what happened here? Like, and you bring it up as a, nearly an example to say. If you don't have the the best talent in the world, at least your energy can kind of get you to the next stage. Like, is that something yeah, that you no, really it, push with fitness? Like, I, I, would, I would hate to have given you the wrong impression there, Collie, that he wasn't uh, he wasn't talented. Yeah, talented. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. He, like there was twenty two players on the course, and like I said, there, there, there would have been only a couple that would would have been rated right ahead of him. You know. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's physically able, probably not the. Uh, he probably wasn't the same as the other two that I spoke about because he, he was uh, he was more of well he was less of a dribbler than they were. He yeah, wasn't yeah. as probably as explosive as they were, but like there was no doubt. And I, I'm not saying he wasn't talented, you know. <laughs> yeah. But of course, sure, every coach does the same. Like every coach that's ever had a really really good player would use that player as an example for the guys who came behind them. Yeah, uh, Paddy, do you want to jump on to the next one? Yes, okay. So we have from Grey Squirrel. Who was a player you've coached recently and thought that he was a special player? So maybe one that's either made it in either the League of Ireland or the Premier League. I would assume this is what he means. Yeah, sure. well, well, Liam Scales now is breaking into the into the Celtic team. L yeah. Liam was um Liam was, I had Liam as a schoolboy player from under nine to under thirteen. So he's the one that automatically springs to mind at the moment, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Pretty I much. was uh, I was actually I was actually trying to contact him and try to get him on, but obviously he's got he's got to move. He's got other things on his mind at the moment yeah. going over to Celtic. So uh, now Liam Liam looks like a looks like a top player. I hope I really hope it works out for him, and I'd love to see him kind of make a a massive career over there. Like because I don't know what it is. I think there's not enough Irish players going massive. Like Roy Keane obviously was one that's that's been massive, and you've had players like Seamus Coleman and the stuff like that that have had really good. Premier League careers, I'd love to see it happen. Like it needs to happen more often, I think. And I think obviously with the with the new style of coaching that the whole nation is bringing, that that's what we're set up for, I believe. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I think Liam. I honestly think I, I watched I watched the St. Johnson game lately, and to be honest, it's the first time I've seen a Scottish game in full in a long yeah. time. And number one, I think he's well capable of playing in Celtic's first team. He yeah. was very very comfortable that day. And the impression I had of him playing that day was that he, he could actually he could do a little bit more. I think, yeah, I think he could actually step up his game a little bit and and even do better than he's doing at the moment. You know, well he's that's a level, he's, a, he's a very level-headed fella. He's a very intelligent young fella, and he, he's one young fella who knows that he needs to be patient. And yeah. <laughs> there's not many of them. You were talking to Paul Bourne last week, and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. the lesson was learned there well, an example there <laughs> very very few young men have that patience and i think liam liam is so level-headed that he knows he has a time he, he's a lot of time ahead of him and i think he i think he will do it you know well that's great that's good that's and it's it's good to hear them type of things coming from such a top coach who's seeing the players at at them levels to i think i think that'll kind of stand to him like hearing that even is probably a massive boost for him so 
Well, that's that's uh, it's good. He's written the foreword for the new book, by the way, Collie. Just thought I'd oh, throw that in. Yeah, yeah. Just get, oh, a, get, get, me, get me hits in early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, next one is thoughts on Stephen Kenny and the current Irish setup. So I, I would I would say, like, what have you thought from, obviously not the, the best start in the world with Stephen Kenny, and then obviously improvements have come, and I think performances have definitely improved over the last four, four games, I'd say. With the two Portugal games in particular being really impressive, um, what would you what would you have kind of your full analysis on how Stephen Kenny has done so far? Yeah, well, well first of all, Collie, um, I think people will think that we're being set up for this, but I just want to yeah. throw this in as well that yeah. Stephen actually wrote the forward for the first book. I, yeah, I know that. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. <laughs> so, yeah. so we we have to put hand on heart and say we did not rehearse yeah, that, that, you know. That wasn't, that right. was, no, <laughs> look, I knew I knew Stephen from the League of Ireland, and at the time when I was working in the FAI, Stephen came through his badges with us at the time. So I saw Stephen doing his B license, and then I saw him do, do his A license. I was lucky enough to be on on the um, on the staff at both those courses, you know. Yeah. So look, I've always followed his career with interest. I've I've always been one hundred percent of the belief that he could be successful in this job because because of how well he did in the league of Ireland, because of the way he went about doing yeah. the fantastic job that he did with 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 uh with with dundalk obviously dundalk. yeah dundalk and do you think well. um after the irish job he could make the move over to england look paddy who knows who knows what anything can happen in football you know yeah. look you, you might have asked the same question about brian Kerr. i, I thought brian might have got a job in england and, and Absolutely, yeah. you, you just can't tell what what's going to happen. What you they're know? looking for, yeah. But yeah. like, don't forget, he was in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he did quite well in Scotland initially, and then and then obviously things fell away from him there. You know, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't think Stephen is the type of guy who would be intimidated by any any setup, any dressing room that he'd walk into. So yeah. once he's given time, and I think that's been borne out now. Once he's been given time, I think. Stephen can do a good job no matter where he goes. Yeah, yeah, and and I I I'll never kind of hide away from the fact that I was a big skeptic at the start, just because I thought I and I always said now I admire what he's doing in terms of his tactics. He has an identity and it's brilliant. Um, and then I was like, oh, is it going to work with them players? But I suppose look, he's got some great players coming through, and he's really using them well. And especially the performances against Portugal for me, although look, we didn't get the the results we wanted. For me, they were the most impressive things. Like the the three nil wins against Azerbaijan and Montenegro. That's look you probably expect them type of wins, but it's good to see that we are getting the three nil wins and the, the the comfortable wins. But the performances against the big teams is for me yeah. the more impressive thing. I, I started seeing it. I, I saw. I thought I saw the toy torn in the Serbia game because I, I really really thought we did well against Serbia, yeah. and I really really did think. And again, it, it was proved in the end. I, I thought Serbia were the stronger team. I thought Serbia were a much stronger team than Portugal. And yeah. we did really, really well against them, you know? Yeah, yeah that was it, yeah. Um, I suppose then we'll jump on to the next one, Paddy. Do you want to jump on there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, from Big John Lad. Um, <laughs> what is the best memory of your career to date? So the proudest oh, moment, I suppose. Yeah, it's a hard one. I, 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 it, without thinking too deeply about it, if you ask me that straight away, the first thing that really pops up in my head is is working with Shamrock Rovers in the League of Ireland. You know, yeah. Rovers were when I was growing up, I was going to watch Pat Bourne and all them in the in the four the four in a row team, and yeah. and anyway, Rovers was always like it was always the glamour team in Ireland. Anyway, you know, yeah. So yeah. I, I think working at Shamrock Rovers, being first team coach for two seasons at Rovers, would have been for me. It's the time I look back on as being the best club I was with and I think I was I was probably at my peak then in terms of what I was doing and how yeah. well I worked with the players and and how well I got on with the players and you know and, and the results that we, we were getting at, at the time weren't bad either yeah, yeah that's an amazing <laughs> achievement and I'm, what a club like I suppose I got my season taken out for this season I start bringing the Umfla last season um, and I have to say the standard of football I wasn't a big League of Ireland fan beforehand. I was more into the Premier League than that. But I've gotten into it in a big way now over the last season and a half. And I'm only realising now how big of a club Shamrock Rovers is. So, yeah, to manage I remember that, when, when we first went up, Liam, Liam Buckley brought me up, you know. 
And uh, when we first went up, to some of the players, some of the senior players, Derek Tracy, the likes of Derek Tracy, and that were saying, "Look, it's different here, <laughs> you know." Yeah. And it was different. It was yeah. different at Rovers. The expectation of the crowd is different. It's yeah. like it, it does feel. And and don't forget, at that time, that wasn't a great time. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the check bouncing days, where yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> everyone got their turn to have their check bounce, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't great. And, and even though that was going on. It, it still had that feeling of being great, you know, and yeah. it's great now you're going up to the stadium. The two seasons I was there, the stadium was only half, well, it wasn't even half. It was probably 10% finished at that time. Yeah, yeah. They'd started yeah, yeah. it and then the building had stopped. But then they, they brought us up in both pre-seasons to get the team photos taken up in the stadium in front of the big Umbro sign. But <laughs> all that was there was the big Umbro sign. Yeah, just the Umbro sign. <laughs> there was nothing else. There was a lot of blocks lying around and there was a big Umbro sign. But, Looking for a bit of grass, huh? Yeah, and both both times the, the chairman, both seasons the chairman said, for whatever reason, October is the magic month. You know. Yeah. We're going to be in by October. I guarantee you we're going to be in by October. But it was a, it was a good few Octobers after that before the uh, before the lads actually got to play there. You know, Breaking ah, great answer, promises. great answer. Yeah. Thank you. Um, right, so yeah, so that's a good one. So Paddy, we move on to the next one. Um, I'll read it out. So football mad. So can football mad. Uh, your most frustrating moment as a coach. That's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know. It's it's, it's hard, that, isn't it? Like there's millions, well not millions, but there's probably thousands of frustrating moments. Again, yeah, we, we could have done with a bit of rehearsal on this one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give me I a was, bad ball here now. I have to say, I, Look, I was talking to Paddy about it, and I was just thinking, like, is it what, like, what? How do you react to say, just say, for instance, you're 13 year old, you're teaching 13 year old, and you have a drill, and this 13 year old just cannot get the drill into his head. I'm like. What do you do in that moment where he just cannot no, get no. it? Do you pull them aside or do you simplify yeah, it? Or... Been, the benefit of age and, again, the, the benefit of experience and the, the benefit of, as you get older, you learn the value of patience. Yeah, There would have been a time where I would have been pulling my hair out there. But yeah. that's, no, you're patient. You, I think as you get older and you get more experience, you, you, you get a level of understanding yeah. with that kid that you know yeah. that, that kid is just going to take longer than the other kids to develop yeah. and so on and so on. But, you know, in terms of frustration and no matter what level I've worked at, like whether it would be an under 12 team or it would have been Shamrock Rovers first team, or it would have been one, one of the junior international teams or whatever. Right. The most frustrating thing for me always has been to see guys with talent, not, not, be successful because of their lack of attitude, because yeah, of their yeah. lack, lack of application, yeah. because they haven't done everything that they could do to make themselves really, really to be players, you know? Yeah. And as yeah. you can imagine, I've come across a so lot lack of, of discipline really. over the years, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Sure, look, I think Paul, who we had on last week, is a prime example. Again, he, he was the first to admit it. He had bags of talent and then just the attitude at times just let him down, so... So, um, yeah. some are, you, you book me in some week, by the way. Some <laughs> I can follow that, that is. <laughs> so, actually, the, the, just following on from that, actually, um, look on a little bit away from the question. Co a couple of uh, people that have come on the show have talked about once you make it at one of these clubs, whether it be a Scottish club or an English club, and the Irish lad has to move over, they're not really looked after well. Are things changing in football now? Do you see, like, even from Irish clubs, that like if a player is taken in, that it's not just about the football and the training and the coaching. It's about their whole life in terms of like you know making sure they're a good person. You know, making sure they have they're not yeah. being dragged down the wrong road, whether it be drink or gambling. You know, no, I, I definitely see that, Paddy. No, and uh, again, that's on the condition that no one really knows what's going on in, in the clubs unless you're in the club. Yeah. We we can only ever give an outsider's view, yeah. but yeah. it certainly seems now that the clubs have a much more, oh, for want of using a better word, they've a much more holistic approach to how how their players develop, and that's all the way up to the first team now. Because you yeah. see an awful lot, you see an awful lot of examples now of the uh, first team players in the professional clubs going going into the community and. Looking like they're actually interested in doing it, yeah, yeah. they probably there probably would have been a time that would have that, 
that probably happened in three different phases. There was probably a time when they were uh, they would never think of doing that. There was probably a phase where the players did it, but were probably being forced in it and felt that they were being forced into it. But I do get the impression now from all that I see, and again, it's it's from the outside that there is a much more holistic approach that that the clubs realise now that the players have got to be for want of a better term, rounder. They've yeah. got to have rounder personalities. They've got to mm-hmm. just think a little bit more outside themselves. The mental yeah. health is so important, isn't it? Because it's, there, there is so much free time as a professional footballer. Like you go to your training, then you play your match, and then in, everything in and around that, then like you're in a bubble. You know, you're stuck yeah. in a bubble. Yeah. And you need something. And, you need and it, it's it's a strange one because because like you say, they are in a bubble. So their mm-hmm. their world is an awful lot different than our world. Yeah, but still they can suffer they can they can suffer but from being left isolated even though they're in in the middle of the group you know and that's yeah. the classic story and paul told that story last week you know yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they finish training in the morning and then they're left on their own for the rest of the day now some some people will will react will have no problems with that but it's, yeah it's the one in a thousand or whatever it is that needs to be looked after that Absolutely. won't won't take to that lifestyle as well it is a kind of a, a complete change, I suppose, when you make that move. I just, I, I just noticed it straight away, and I know it's, it's, it's something small, but again, it's, it's, it was Killian Phillips going over, signed for Crystal Palace. So, um, Killian, I was talking to probably a week or two ago, and he was coming on the podcast. So we had agreed, done the graphic up, got it out, and then uh, I got an email, um, from Crystal Palace. So they said, look, could you give us a call? So we rang them up, and they were like, look, this is a. This isn't going to happen. Um, basically, Killian is only after joining the club. We think it's too soon. Uh, we're after refusing media interviews with anybody else. So, like already, just that type of thing was just for him. Yeah. He because he was texting me about it and he was like, "I had no idea." So this is where it's going to be a complete. It's a complete change, and this is what the the whole bubble thing is like. Yeah. It's a complete change for him. Like so, uh, I think one of the elements there, Collie. I think the clubs have got to be more aware of that now because yeah. Like every every player's every move is under a microscope now. Hundred percent. You know yeah, the whole definitely. social media thing. I, I yeah. honestly think I don't think it should have. It should do, but I do think it has changed. Yeah, no, definitely. But, but I think look, I I understood it. I said, look, you're spot on, and they said, look, it's not now forever. Just maybe next season. I said, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Look after the lad. Make sure he gets settled down. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's great to that's see that yeah. looking after him that way. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, and that, that was good to see, and it was kind. Yeah. I was kind of actually impressed by that. So. Paddy, we'll move on to the last question of uh, of the questions, and it's one that we're going to be asking every every single guest. I'll let you rumble it there. That's it. Um, okay, so get your thinking cap on. <laughs> if your house was on fire and you had to run and grab two things, not including your wife, from your career, <laughs> well, what it would, would be they the be? two kids first. Ah, don't mind <laughs> them. Don't mind she them. Would two things from your career, what would they be and why? Um... God, I don't know. <laughs> I know this. Okay, I know this going to be a strange one. It's a strange one, but like, for some reason, all my way up, I know I've written the books and all that, but I was obsessed with the books. I was yeah. obsessed with reading. I was obsessed with writing all the way up. You know, I still have. I was lucky when I was a, when I was a kid playing for St. Joseph's that there were great mentors in the club who. Took, when they saw that I was interested in coaching, took an interest in me that way. Uh, yeah. Graham Kelly, the manager of the DLR Waves in the Women's League, yeah. his granddad, Jem Kelly, was a, a, a guy who gave me, believe it or believe it not, he gave me the FA coaching magazines from the okay. 1970s, yeah. Yeah. you know, and some old books. I wow. think I have a Real Madrid coaching book from that dates yeah. from 1959, <laughs> believe wow. it or believe it not, you know. Yeah. And and I have all of them still. I have, I've kept, I've kept everything, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I will grab, the, I will grab the get, I will go in to grab as many books as I could, you know. Deadly, yeah, yeah, that's a great number one. one. And I suppose, you know, and again, I'm putting my hand out to be slapped here, you know. <laughs> I, I would go for my schoolboy international caps. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. because there's nothing really else from my career that like you can talk about. Like, <laughs> you know? Well, just what, 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 if it was one book you could pick? Um, what would it be? Your the, the most influential book for your maybe career or 
Oh, there we go. I'm only joking. Um, yeah, give me that 20 quid later, huh? That's a really <laughs> difficult question now. That's a really difficult question. I'll tell you, uh, you guys, I don't know whether you, you, well, you guys probably know the history of the game. You, you're, you're, that, you're that interested in it. it. I don't know if you remember Dave Sexton, who was the Manchester United yeah, yeah. manager for a while and Chelsea manager and that. Dave Sexton wrote a coaching book and it wasn't, it wasn't your, your normal coaching book. Like he was, he was using examples from chess and he was using examples from, I always remember an example. He talked about touch being the most important thing in football. And he used an example of, uh, the back piano uh, pieces that he practiced for touch and stuff like that. (laughs) So it was a coaching book, but it wasn't a coaching book. Yeah. It was a coaching book that wasn't just, as they say in America, it wasn't just the X's and O's, yeah, but it yeah. had it had a huge amount of his personality and his his uh, different way of looking at the game in it, and that would stick out in my head, you know. And and that would be the way that I'd sort of try and go about my own stuff as well, you know. Yeah, you and funny that, enough, yeah. uh, really, look, you've got to try and get Anto Whelan on because uh, you know Anto's a League of Ireland legend, but Anto was on my yeah. team in Joe's, you know, yeah. and Anto ended up playing at United with David Sexton, and yeah, okay, uh, yeah. He said he was absolutely fantastic. He said he was really, a great yeah. guy. Now I never met him, you know. Yeah. But but you know that's that, you, yeah. you you did ask that question, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, right, yeah. 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 soccer. I doubt it's being printed now. You know, you might put it in a car boot, a car boot sale somewhere. <laughs> sure, look, we, we have more important books to talk about, which will lead us on to the next thing. Yeah, so, yeah, look, Larry, yeah. we're going to jump on to look. I was going to talk a little bit about kind of your football and career, but I think you said it there. The, the Irish international caps as a schoolboy was the best, so we'll leave it at that. We'll, ju- yeah, we'll jump yeah. on to your culture. Well, because... uh, well I, I, I wouldn't like you to leave that, Colin, because I, I think you know, like I said, I was a schoolboy international, like there's yeah, been thousands of schoolboy international. Who were you with schoolboy level? I was with Joe's, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Sally Noggin. And it's Joe's. It was Joe's then, and it'll always yeah, be no, Joe's, Joe's to me. I don't know when this Joey started. Joey's, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was Joe's then. But the thing about it was, like, I, I was sort of one of those fellas who didn't make it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's sort of, that's what put me down the culture route more than anything else, you know. Because yeah. I sort of had a taste of it. I'd seen how it was done. And I wasn't good enough to make it as a player, you know. So then, yeah. obviously, the next best, the next best thing then was to be a coach to stay involved. At like what it, age did you kind of make that decision? Like, was, was it an early enough age where I, you said, I, like, I'm I probably think, not good enough? I think no, no. Look, look, I yeah. still wake up at night dreaming I'm going to be playing. Yeah. Well, I'm sports <laughs> team, you know. Bring the boots, and you bring the boots, <laughs> no, and you never, belted just in case. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that look. The uh, I always coached, like funnily yeah. enough, I did always coach, like in, in Joe's, and yeah. you probably heard me saying this before on other inferior podcasts, if you want. But, <laughs> I like that. Um, we're clipping that. We're clipping that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we were thirteen back in the club back then, you, you, you always got asked to take take uh, a team in the whatever, yeah. what what it be called the academy. Now was just the playing all Saturday morning league back yeah. then, you know. Yeah. So, like, I'm sort of proud to say now, and I've been saying it everywhere this year. You know, yeah, like yeah. next year I'll be literally I'll be 50 years coaching. You know, so yeah, I've always had that ball. Like, I think that was chosen for me. I don't think I chose that myself. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so look, we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about the books. Obviously, the first book that you have is "Let the Players Play." It's called. I'll have it up on the screen there for anybody watching. Um. So talk to us a little bit about this book. Like, what what is the logistics of this book? Is it is it basically from the lowest age possible, and what the, the fundamentals that you teach a kid? Like, talk to us a little bit about this for anyone that hasn't hasn't read it. No, what what it is? What right? I sorry, I have to go back to why I, I, I wrote yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Okay. Over the years, there, over the years, working on on the coaching courses, and you know, and obviously seeing thousands upon thousands of coaches doing sessions. In clubs as well, you know, I, I always found, and um, every coach, every tutor on a coaching course will tell you this: that guys are good at doing drills and they're able to put on on part practices and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's actually playing in the game and coaching in the game is the hardest part of coaching. Yeah, because okay, yeah. it's not predetermined and things are going to happen in front of you yeah. at random. So 
what this book is, it's it's taken coaches, it's given coaches the opportunity right from the start to learn how to coach in the games. Mm. That's good, yeah. So that's obviously you're reacting. It's more of a, a reactive thing where you're reacting to a certain situation. Yeah. And is it like is is this one? And, and that's what that... coaching is, Carly Boy the way. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what coaching is. Because a lot, of, a, a lot of coaches don't understand that. Yeah, it's fixing yeah. what's in front of you. It's not yeah. copying what they see on YouTube. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that was one of the other reasons for writing it, you know, because, yeah. <laughs> because everyone sees so much information now. I've seen a trend, and everyone has seen this trend over the last few years, where you're, you're seeing coaches trying to recreate, to recreate YouTube sessions with kids yeah. that just aren't able for it, you know. Yeah. And look, we've always known this. This is nothing new. The most learning happens in games. It doesn't yeah. happen in the drills. The learning happens in the games. So this is the idea that I put forward in the book. And what I've done is I've started at the smallest game possible, which mm. is two against two. Yeah. Right? And I've taken it from there up. Now, in the first book, it's two on two, three on three, and four on four. Right, so okay. all the questions and all the situations, well, in terms of my experience, everything that the coach will come across when yeah. they're teaching those in those games, I hope is included in the book. That's good because, like, I have obviously been a part of two v twos and and three v threes. Obviously, playing as a, as a player myself, but I think the like, like, I don't know what way. Like, have you got just so anybody that is interested in buying the book knows what kind of you're gonna get when you open that that page up. Have you got say pictures with drills and then a little paragraph underneath on what you want and what you're expecting? On yeah, each that's drill, exactly or? what it looks like. But yeah. except that we don't use the D words, right? Okay, yeah, I won't use <laughs> okay. it. Yeah, no, you see. <laughs> Uh, I, I have another uh, I have a na name for using drills and I call it the boring method you know <laughs> like, <laughs> very very few like every now and again you'll hit on a drill that the players like and buzzes them up and stuff like that yeah. but I think people have got to realise and over the years you, you learn that you know drills don't impact the performance in the games yeah. as much as coaches think that they do yeah. right because drills are predetermined like yeah. drills are doing things that the coach has decided will happen. So you pass to the left and then you pass to the right and then you shoot. Yeah. Uh, this is predetermined. That's not the way the game happens. Yeah. Okay? Mm. So what I've tried to do is literally take it from the start. In terms of my experience, when we start playing two on two, this is the first thing that these players will do. Yeah. Right. And build from there. And, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, Again, big picture. What I'm trying to do is to give the coaches the ability to use questioning yeah. to help the players rather than just just pass over the information all the time. So I want so actually the whole book is just full of questions. It's question yeah. after question after question. And again, in my experience, I've seen it happen so much now that it's very unusual for me not to be able to predict what, what's going to happen next. So the first thing that happens when the two kids come out is they're going to run out together. They're going to be on yeah. top of each other. And yeah. we know that, you know, and so, and it builds from there. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, I suppose that is literally going straight down to the bottom and and working our way up. And I, I think, what, I don't know if it was in the the, uh, the forward from Stephen Kenny, but I think he had mentioned that you simplified the games like to a level where anyone can understand it. I think I read that somewhere that, that yeah, you, I, I wish so easily. I wish, Colly, I had a euro for every single time I've said this. Really, yeah. The job yeah. of the youth coach is to simplify the game yeah. for young players, not complicate the game. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And the more you think about them, and yeah. you, you stand at the side of pitches, and it doesn't matter where they are, and yeah. all you'll see is coaches complicating the game for young players. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's where you lose yeah, them, I think, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and the thing about it is as well, and again, and, and I notice like most of the podcasts fall into this trap as well. Everyone is talking about elite now and high performance. And yeah. how do you, how do you, how do you, uh, you know, how do you promote a high performance culture? And, you know, yeah. how, how do you lead players? But, but, you know, for 99.9% .9 of coaches that are taking teams, they're never going to go near an elite player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what they the need to know is they need to know how to teach the kids the basis of the game. 
you know again and again the internet i was looking at um i was look just by just by chance i was looking at the under 10s from ghent in belgium today yeah, yeah doing a session and i was saying to myself well if i could have got the rowers lads when i was at rowers to do that i would have been very happy you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah but 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 these are elite players, you know. These are the best players in the city of Ghent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're getting, you know? the, you're getting the top and, of the bunch, like. And like, we're not even we're not even working with the best players in the city of Talla. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or don't learn here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We're not doing that. We're we're working at the grassroots, and this is what the book is for. It, it, like, I'm not saying I'm look. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that this is a hundred percent true. But I'm I'm saying it's ninety five percent true. A parent who gets thrown his team at this at the appropriate age here should be able to pick that book and take the players from A to Z. Brilliant, yeah. Paddy, Larry, just, just continue on with the book. I'm on the the Big Picture Coach in Ireland website now. This is where you can get the book. Yeah. Um. I, I coach me little young fellas team, so I'm definitely going to get the first two in what will be a series of books and coaching? How many books do you plan on writing to finish this? Until <laughs> me, me hand drops off, Paddy. An encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll tell you what the, what the plan is. The plan is very simple. In the book, and speaking of plan, in the, in the book, the, there's a development model. Now, we've all heard this, again, because of the internet and all this, we've all heard of player pathways now, and the FAI have a pathway, and, uh, you know, and guys are uploading the Chelsea pathway, and you're seeing... You're seeing the Dutch FA's pathway and all that, you know. So I've really, really simplified that now. And I have a very simple pathway for, for young players, for grassroots players. So basically what I'm doing is I'm picking my way through that. Yeah. So so they let the players play. Like I said, it's right from the start. It's when they first start to pass to each other. Yeah. So when they're playing two on two. So it'll build and build and build and build until eventually... There should be a book on the 11 side game and probably on different aspects of the 11 side game, but that's a lot further down the road. It depends on how the next one sells. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to be like your rails. We're still waiting on your man to write the last two books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely delighted with the success of the first book now. I'm bowled over by it, you know. It's actually gone for a second reprint now this week. And ah, I, I couldn't have envisaged when I did it that it would be that successful, you know? Well, just, just for anyone that does want to buy the book, we are going to be putting links up on the Instagram page. On, um, we're going to be clipping stuff like this and putting it up on the TikTok page. It's going to be it's going to be everywhere. So anywhere we can get the link out to the book, you'll, you'll be able to get it through that. If, if anybody is struggling to find the link or anything like that, message me. I'll directly send you the link to it and you can you can get it. Um, so we we'll appreciate make it very that for anybody that wants it. No, it's not from really appreciate um, that. So look, that's that's let the players play. So you have another book, which uh, is this only released probably a couple of months, two or three months? No, this was last year's. Let the last year, play. okay. Yeah, sorry, let no, but your, your new year. one. So your new one. Oh, the new one's new only, the, the new one's only been last Friday. Last Friday, okay, perfect. Yeah. We have you on the perfect time. So yeah, um, thanks very much again. So yeah, so this one here, so move the ball. So obviously, you're moving into more kind of. Would you say advanced kind of? No, no, no. It, okay, it, it's, right. It's exactly the opposite because in in the move in the uh, let the players play, we're talking about playing two on two, three on three, and four on four. And in the, in that book, I'm constantly referencing referencing the practices that you should use at the yeah. same time. And this is though this is those practices. Now, when I say all the practices, there's only three of them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the what? And it, it's the big joke. It's the joke that's made it to the cover of the book, right? <laughs> the joke is everyone nowadays talks about rondos, and again, everyone knows about coaching now. Yeah. Everyone knows about the low block and the inverted fullback and the uh, <laughs> checking your shoulder and all this, you know. Yeah. But you know, everyone calls them rondos now. But like, I, I'm open to correction on this. But as far as I know, rondo means round. Yeah, yeah, that's you what know. I thought it was. Yeah. So rondo means round. So that means when you're in a circle. So the rondo is the five on two when everyone's in a circle and there's two players in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. Now they're the three most basic, what I call numbers up practices. I don't call them rondos, right? Yeah. It's the five on two, it's the three on one, and it's the four on two, right? right? So I joke with the players that three on one is not a rondo, it's a triangle because there's only <laughs> because there's only three players. 
right? Yeah. And then when you move on to the four on two, it's a diamondo because it's four players. Right? <laughs> so they're not rondos. They're... All right, Del boy. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's my own yeah. joke. Uh, I've all, uh, anyone who knows me knows I've always been guilty of laughing at my own jokes before the end to get to the finish. We can't so, entertain like, yourself then. Yeah, like, exactly. Hope you got, like, yeah, you yeah. Know, and, and if you're doing this yourself, you can put what you like on the cover, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but, what you want to. <laughs> but, right, what it does is, again, I hate using all these modern terminology, but it's actually a deep dive into those practices that we all know. It's all the coaching points from those practices. Now, usually, say, for example, three-on-one, you go to a coaching book and you'll see three-on-one in a coaching book, and there's probably a half a page about it, yeah. right? So in this book, there's a chapter about it. And again, it follows on from the idea for the grassroots coach that was in the first book, everything you need to know about doing it is in it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Every single coaching point that you need to make in three on one is in the book. And again, it's done the same way. It gives the coaches the questions to ask the players rather than just giving out the information. Like you yeah. could give out the information in the half a page. But it's mm. it's how the coach spots what's going on, number one. Yeah. Questions the players and helps them see themselves what's going on and then helps them helps the coach to find to help the players to find their own answers. Because the big picture again is that we're trying to teach players to come up with their own answers, to see yeah. things for themselves rather than do what the coach is shouting from the sideline for them to do. Yeah. Brilliant. And the thing I suppose is the coach has to have a complete and full understanding of what he's trying to achieve with the whatever he's running. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense because when he doesn't see something happening, how can he correct it? So I presume that this would more more so kind of explain what to look out for. And yeah, and like, that's exactly what it is, Carl. That yeah, is what it yeah. is. It's yeah. what to look out for. Now, again, in my in my experience, this is what happens next. Right, mm -hmm. so let's let's put it very simply. A couple of the, couple of the stages in it, uh, like it's all it's all very simple and it's all very logical. So the first stage is to actually get the players to move. Yeah, right. You know, so get them to move. It doesn't matter where they're moving at that stage. The coach should be happy if they're moving. And then the next stage, once they're moving, is to add a bit of precision to their movement. Yeah, right. Make so again, the different different ways that they can move poorly, for want of a better term, are their yeah. bad movement. Yeah. is identified right so that let's say for example if you're on the ball and i come to help you if i come to you with my feet facing you i can't see the rest of the square yeah yeah exactly. you know simple things like that yeah and yeah. they might be simple to experienced coaches and they might be simple to to high level coaches but the coaches for whom this book is designed yeah these are these are grassroots these are the parents right that have been thrown into the deep end and have to coach their players their kids yeah. teams yeah you know and so everything that the aim of the book is to make sure that everything they need is there that's brilliant and uh just on the on the two books i don't know i'm gonna put you on the spot here i don't know if you're gonna notice how many pages are we talking on, on in each book right because because there's only the three pack the three practices in the first one or yeah. sorry in the second one it, it, it's a bit smaller in the first the first book is 160 pages Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the second book is 120 pages. So I mean, but 380 it, pages of of football yeah, knowledge. Like, but, do you know what I mean? They, but but they're twins. They are twins, Cody. Yeah. They have to go. They, they they are together. You know. Yeah, yeah. Because again, that's an important point. It's a hugely important point for coaches that they don't they don't see, even though when it's explained to them, it's it's as plain as the nose in your face. Yeah. Right. The test of how good your drills are. It's when you see it coming out in the games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the example that we've just given about someone coming to a coming a player arriving to help his teammate, yeah. right? Swear. If he's learning how or she's learning to arrive with her feet open, yeah, in the square, yeah. right? The test of the coach's effectiveness is that player arriving in the game. In a match, really. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I suppose anything you've taught, you need to see that happening yeah, in the game, and, and otherwise. This is, and this is the joined up thinking that I don't see now. Oh, and again, yeah. I, I'm open to correction on this. I don't see this, I see it everywhere. I see a lot of National League underage coaching sessions, right? 
I, mm. I go and watch and, and I happen to be in pitches where they're going on and, and stuff like that. And, and I'm seeing them doing stuff that I know doesn't relate to the games at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Which it's is training for the really. sake of training. Yeah. And that's not what coaching is about because coaching, coaching, a lot of people fall into the age old trap of thinking that it's about putting on good sessions and it's about really, you know, everything looking good and people moving here and, and moving there. It's not, it's about the game at the weekend. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. This is what I'm saying earlier on about coaches. It's fixing things. Yeah. And it's so good. It's great. It's great. Runs blindly, yeah. You have a player who runs blindly in your game. It's in the square that you teach them not to run blindly in the game. So yeah. you take them out of the game, put them in the square, but then you've got to put them back in the game and, and build the sure bridge. Yeah. Build the bridge between the square and the pitch. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And I see it. I've seen it a hundred thousand times. Coaches are putting on sessions, right? And they're nice sessions, but they're, they're standalone sessions. They've nothing to do with what's happening yeah. on the bits of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I suppose like that that comes down to like I suppose this whole thing that we're hearing a lot of is the, the development of a nation. It has to start there, doesn't it? Like that that is the that is the fundamental of getting our, our level of players improved. Look, we're talking about players that are at the the lowest kind of earliest stages of the career, but it, one or two things could be the massive difference in them kind of coming up to the next level and taking that next step. So they nearly have an advantage by reading this book, getting these drills in kind of done correctly and bringing them into games. They're already a step ahead of the rest, like at that yeah. age anyway. Yeah. I, I'm sort of shooting myself in the foot here, Collie, right? In terms of book sales. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but you're talking about the future of the nation and the national team and all that, right? Yeah. That is out of, believe it or believe it not, right? it's out of our hands. And and people people think, look at me when I say that, you know. And the reason I say that is, right, the guys who are going to be in the international team in, let's say, 15 years' time, right, you don't have to be a, a, a Nottingham Forest scout to pick them out now. Yeah, Your granny could go down to the pitch and pick them out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they have the physical attributes. Yeah. Right? Now, most of them, and at the moment, most except one, they are not going to be developed as professional players here. They're going yeah. to be developed in England and yeah. increasingly in other places. And it's funny you say you that. See the point I'm making, you know, people criticize the FAI for, for what happens with the international team. But yeah. all of our players in the international team, they've been developed as professional players in England. Oh, it's, it's actually hilarious because this is actually one of the posts that I put up on Instagram. And um, it was about the whole thing about, right, we're saying we want to change the, the culture of a nation. I, I was like, I think that's impossible to do unless you do it very early. But even at that, it's impossible to do. And then it was the exact same thing. I'm talking about players not developing with Stephen Kenny because he only has them for a certain amount of time. They're developing in England, so yeah. that's where they're actually getting all their their development from. So I think well, I'm, why, I'm actually I'm actually with you on that one. <laughs> why, Sorry, why can't I... that happen in Ireland, Larry? Like in terms of because so they're gone. In England, like, <laughs> I, like gone, looking at the, just <laughs> just looking at what Collie said earlier about when we used to have a lot of Irish players say in the top two, three, four teams in the Premier League. We're after going through a bit of a barren spell now in Ireland, where there's not really many players in the in the elite in the English league. Um, we did have a lot of players, I suppose, being brought in from the United Kingdom back, say, in Jack Charlton's era and stuff. But then we had it. Just after that, we had the Robbie Keynes, the Damian Duffs. But after that, then it's it's gotten really dry in terms of top top talent. What has happened? Why do well, you, like, I, you think, I like, think what's happened Paddy, is, is is the obvious thing has happened. Like you look back now, and let's I know it's a long time ago now, but when when we had. When we had a lot of players like we had Mark Lawrence and we we Ronnie Whelan and we had uh, what you call him Ray um, Ray Houghton yeah, all in the one team. Yeah, like, yeah. A, a little further back than that, we had Dave O'Leary. We we had uh, Frank Stavon and, and Liam Brady all in the one team. Yeah, because the teams back then were made up of Irish, English, Scottish, and Welsh. Yeah, and now they're being squeezed out. They're being squeezed out even at under fifteen level. Like there are French kids coming over and they're playing in, in the. Uh, they're in the English clubs, like it's part of the like football. You know, it's a cliche that football oh. re reflects the rest of society, but we live in a globalized society now, 
Like mm. everyone knows everything, like you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Is it down to resources then? Because you're seeing so the whole the, English that they turned they have a lot more technical players coming out now as opposed yeah. to what they would have had years ago as well. Yeah, because and again, I I think again, having a look at the bigger picture, right? The generation that came over, if you think of our really good teams, our, our Jack Charlton teams, right? The way they were made up, right? They were typical British, right? Mm. They were hardworking, solid professionals, hardworking. And we used to have one or two skillful players in the team. Like we had Duffer <laughs> and we had Robbie Keane. Yeah. And the rest Tomorrow. of the lads, now they, they were good players. Ronnie Whelan was, I think Ronnie Whelan was a great player. Yeah. But yeah. he wasn't that type of player, you know? So with all the continental players coming over, and 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 like I say about globalization, like when when I was young, we saw a European match every now and again. We saw one match, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was it was highlights on a Wednesday night, you know, yeah, sports exactly, yeah. on a Wednesday night. We saw one match, but the thing, the great thing now is, right? Again, it's a double-edged sword, right? Our players have been squeezed out of the English professional game, which is our nearest neighbour, and we, we'll always look to there, right? Yeah. But all our kids growing up. Are seeing Messi, they're yeah. seeing they're seeing skillful Ronaldo. play. Yeah. Skillful play is being modelled all the time. So every every team is producing skillful players now because, yeah. and for want of a better term, it's the fashion now. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, I, I, I was a skill. Oh, yeah, this is my excuse. Like, yeah, and again, I'm putting me on. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was a skillful player when skill wasn't in fashion. My granddad tells me I'd be a millionaire now because I was killed <laughs> because I good touch. I good touch when good touch wasn't in fashion. But that, yeah. that's beside. Look, that's bullshit. Anyway, but, but but the point I'm making is skillful football is in fashion now. So all our kids growing up are being are seeing skillful player play yeah. being modelled all the time, mm -hmm. right? And they're seeing all the tricks. All the turns and all our young kids now, they all have a trick. They yeah. all have a turn, right? That they're all looking to pass the ball on the ground. <laughs> I can remember when we were working with the FAI at the start, when I first started working with the FAI, we were trying to get people to play from the back and we had unbelievable opposition yeah. from people on coaching courses who, who didn't want to do it. We were trying to, and on the other side of things, we were trying to prioritize speed. Yeah. Right? And agility has been the most important components of fitness. But yeah. again, we'd we'd a fight on our hands because everyone wanted yeah. to run five thousand million laps. They wanted to run up sides of mountains. Yeah, I've seen some bad pitches in my time, but I've never seen any as steep as Colony Hill. Yeah, <laughs> yet all the footballers in Dunleary run up Colony Hill, like you know. <laughs> That's true, yeah. But that was the world that we we had back then. And things yeah. are different now, and things are much better because of that. So. Yeah. So all of these things are good now. So we are starting again to see more skillful players being produced because it's yeah. the fashion for skillful players. Young yeah, kids that, are yeah. have, have skillful players as their heroes. Yeah, that is, that's true. And I suppose you, you try and model what your heroes doing. Yeah, um, Larry, look, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up. So there's, there's the book. So obviously there's the, the let the players play and then we have the move the ball. So we'll just move off the books just for a few minutes anyway. Um, again, like I said, we will be putting. Oh, sorry, no one wants to see the Chelsea. Yeah, that is a mistake. I get abused now about that one. Uh, yeah, that's so embarrassing. I'll, I'll, obviously, I'll put uh, links and and I'll put uh, pictures and stuff and all that all up on our our Instagram or social medias everywhere. So um, that'll be getting plastered. I really appreciate as, as that. Well, thanks very much. No, that's no problem. Um, so look, I suppose we're we're going to move just a little bit off the the books. I suppose so. Look, looking at looking at what you've done, and like obviously reached the top. You've 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 coached from the lowest to the highest level possible, and then you are you're you're kind of a how do you how do you say yeah you're a a coach yourself two coaches. So how does yeah, that yeah. like do you, do you put heads? Yeah, call it you, a tutor. When they first started using that term, I wasn't sure whether I was a tutor or an Elizabethan, but eventually, <laughs> eventually I'm a tutor. <laughs> a tutor, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I suppose you want to remember that. But do you yeah. put heads a lot with, with coaches because maybe your philosophy doesn't match theirs? Do you find that much? Or do yeah. they just accept yeah. it? Like... Yeah, look, there's a thing. Look, I'll give you an example, Collie, right, at the moment. Yeah. And it, it's it's very strange at the moment. It, it People wouldn't believe how how coaches even at the very highest level they can easily fall into the trap of following fashion 
And I'll give you an example at the moment. All of a sudden, this season and last season, there are no players on the posts at corners. What is that about? I know, I know. Is that, is that, what's that Someone about? had that idea. Oh, that's right? ridiculous. And then everyone else followed it. Right? Yeah. And that's what football is like. And I've always been, you know, I've always been a doubter. I've always been skeptic in terms of fashion and what's what's yeah. what's the accepted wisdom you know i've always challenged yeah. that you know and there's a, and i know i i know i said yeah, I, I wouldn't swear and this is the nearest thing i get to swearing there's an old <laughs> saying in football right and it's to me it, it's amplified nowadays right there's an yeah. old thing morris price used to say bullshit baffles brains Right. And all I'm saying now, and again, it's my age, I know. It's a function of my age now to, to give out about what's going on in modern days, you know. But there's so much absolute bullshit going on. Like yeah, like friends of mine are always sending me this you know, stuff off the internet that guys are putting up and you know, just absolutely ridiculous. You can't you can't Com- teach fifty years of experience. Do you know, yeah, like, do you know what I mean? It's complicating the game now, and, yeah. and things that don't make sense to me, I always challenge. Yeah. Right? And a lot of the time, I find myself swimming against the toilet, and that's always been the way, anyway. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but like I enjoy that little bit of friction. Now I have to tell you, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like butting heads against against the young lads. You know, well, that's good. Yeah, Paddy, uh, you can jump in something. Yeah, for your um, for someone thinking about going to do their coaching badges, um. Is there an awful lot of work in it? And how long, if you're committed to it, can it take to get from right, right okay. to the top? It was only last weekend I, I got a little bit of exposure on the internet for, for an interview I did somewhere else. But I, I, I will go over the exact same thing again, Paddy, because I used to say this to, to the coaches on the coaching courses. Right, mm. A lot of people come on coaching courses, and fair enough, there's no problem. With, I don't have a problem with it. Right, They don't really want to be coaches because yeah. they want just to be able to put on sessions for their their kids teams and that's fine right but anyone who wants to be a coach has to realize that coaching is teaching you have to be able to teach you have to learn how to teach obviously you've got to learn the the uh the raw material you've got to learn you've got to get the knowledge and then you've got to get get the obviously the, the coaching skills okay and you know my advice to someone who wants to be a coach Right, and they don't want to hear this because most of the guys that I'm talking about now are your own age, they're young, youngish. Like I said already, young fellas, the one quality that they don't have is patience, right? Mm. But at the risk, uh, the great Ben, you, you guys probably never even heard of Ben Hannigan. Ben Hannigan was a famous League of Ireland player, but Ben Hannigan used to hold court all the time and. He used to say, I don't mind repeating myself as long as I'm saying the right thing, you know. <laughs> so I'll do a Ben here now. I don't mind repeating myself because I, I, I you know it's right. Right. If someone really wants to be a coach, right, you go on your first coaching course. Now, your first coaching course is for is designed for coaches of players that are, I think, I don't really know now to be honest what the FAI is, but I'm, I'm just saying in general, the first course is probably for under nines. Yeah. Right. I think so they've you changed. Under, you should you should have an under nine team then. I think you they've they've start. changed it now to like different steps where you can yeah. really like go in at a, at a smaller level, and then I think I'm, if you I'm, want to I'm go saying, and do the certain age groups, like again, I'm saying I'm saying I'm sorry to repeat on your <laughs> your podcast what I've said on other ones, but, but yeah, that's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat it again, right? Okay. It's changed so many times since my time that I've, I've just lost count. I yeah, know what yeah. it was in old money. To me, it made sense in old money, right? <laughs> right? To to learn to learn technique, to learn skill, yeah. to learn the principles of the game, and to learn the full game in that in that order. To me, that yeah. was simple, but uh, I don't know. Again, <laughs> maybe I, I, I'm oversimplifying everything. But <laughs> the point I'm making is the first coaching course, anyway, should be designed for someone who's coaching the youngest kids so what i say to to coaches who really want to be coaches do your first coaching course and have your team start with your team then okay so yeah on that coaching course you're probably given two seasons work to do right so when 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 those two seasons are finished you go and do your next coaching course right Mm. so which is your coaching course for 10 to 12 or whatever whatever Mm. that is so then when you do that, do that coaching course, you have two years work under your belt, 
right? You have two years worth of knowledge under your belt from the course, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Then you do the two years practice for that level. Right? Yeah. So now the players are under 12, right? So now if they've done all the previous work and, and, and your team has progressed nicely, well, then you might be able to go, maybe even at that stage, to go and do the UEFA B licence, right? Yeah. right? So by the time you've got your, your, your way for B license, your team is heading for under 16, right? But you have six years of coaching experience under yeah. your belt. Yeah, you do. You have six lot, years of coaching experience under your belt. Now, yeah. if you, again, and we're depending on the level of player, obviously we're depending on the level of player. If, if your players have done all the stuff and have progressed nicely along with you, right? You, you should be able to go and do your A license now, right? Yeah. right? Plus, your players should be able to do the stuff that's in the A license. Right. Right. So, by the time you've done the course and graduated at the other end of it, you have eight years of coaching experience behind you. Yeah. So, you're looking at the you, eight years really to get through. Yeah, that's when you're starting. At the end of those eight, eight years, right, I thought I knew everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the other. The other 40 years now I re- I've been learning how much I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the way, and that's the way it works. And yeah, you never stop learning. You never stop. And unfortunately, young fellas and young girls don't want to hear that. Yeah. They yeah. don't want to get the patience lecture from someone as grey as me. Right? <laughs> because I can remember getting the patience lecture from fellas who were as grey as me. And going, ah, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was all right in your day, mate. But it's not, that's not me. I'm going straight from yeah. the A license, you know, yeah, because, exactly. because it was the same, like, you know, everyone wants yeah, to do their A license and everyone wants to walk in the League of Ireland, but you can't walk it. Everyone can't walk in the League of Ireland, exactly. There's only so many spots right? like that. But if all the good. coaches did what I've just said, right, imagine how the old uh, rising tide, what, what's the, the uh, saying, uh, rising tide floats all boats. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. How how that level of good coaching ability is spreading out and making making the whole country better. Yeah, making yeah. every every part of the country is getting better coaching and, and the standard of play is coming up in every part of the country. If everyone mm. wants to adopt that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I suppose that's that's when when we kind of say like the building of a nation or something like that. That's kind of what we're referring to. I think is what. Well, look, I don't really say that, but when, when I've heard people saying that, oh, we're building something for the future. That level of coaching from bottom there right up to you going up to yeah and, and it has got better quality like i said when yeah. i first started when i first started there was an anti-coaching bias yeah. in football there was an anti-coaching bias if you came out uh, when i first started if you came out on the pitch with it with a clipboard right <laughs> you were gone your credit yeah. is gone <laughs> <laughs> you were gone you had no chance right? yeah. yeah now the opposite is the case if you don't have your clipboard yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And you don't have the mannequins. When I see the mannequins, that's it. <laughs> when I see those mannequins coming out, that's it, you know. Because I've yeah. never seen one of them make make a proper move that forces a player to make a decision. Right? <laughs> and the other one as well, now the tactical board on the side of the pitch. Yeah. You know, that that work has got to be done during the week. When I see someone, yeah. when I see someone at schoolboy level taking out a tactical board at the side of the pitch, I say to myself, yeah. As Brendan yeah. Bean used to say, Ockram is lost. Ockram is lost. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get over yourself. Like, yeah. No, yeah, but it's again, it's fashion. It is fashion. And yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, you look at that logically, and I see that fella, I see that fella with the tactic board. I'm saying, well, look, you shouldn't be doing that level of coaching on match day. You should have done that during the week. That should have been done. You'd, yeah, your you player should have been have ready that. for that. With kids. Yeah, and again, exactly. it's the same thing. They're looking at Guardiola's uh, documentary. The Manchester City yeah. documentary. And so they're yeah, he's moving it around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not the same world. It's a yeah, different yeah. world like we're living in. Like living the dream world sometimes. Yeah. it's RTE <laughs> compared to Hollywood. Like you know, yeah, exactly, yeah. we're all working for RTE. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in Fair City. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Well, look, Larry. I think. It's been great having you on. Um, we're up to our hour mark there. So, um, look, again, we'll probably get you on sometime in the future because I really enjoyed chatting to you. And, um, Thanks I very suppose, much, Carl. I, I, really, I really enjoyed it now, I have to say. I suppose when the next book comes out, it's probably when you'll be looking yeah, to come yeah, on again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been started. The writing yeah, started. Yeah. Summer, a couple of weeks, so. <laughs> summer 2022. 
Yeah, so <laughs> put it in your diaries. <laughs> so obviously, yeah. look, let let the players play and move the ball or the two books. Again, yeah. I said it before. I say it again. We'll throw it all up on all the social medias and all. So it'll be very accessible to anybody that's listening or watching this podcast. So um, hopefully, appreciate that. I appreciate I that. Do, I wish it. We wish you the best of luck. Anyway, with the new book, we know it's only out the last week or so. So. Um, I hope it's a massive success for you. And then the next book's coming as well. I hope everything's successful for you. So thanks, um, So look, I, we're gonna end it there. Uh Paddy, nice for joining me as well this week. Yeah, no, thanks, Larry. I echo what Colly said. Um it's been a fascinating uh talk with you. Um and definitely I'm sure we could talk for another two or three hours. So yeah, every time you bring out a new book. Hours, one <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I might be able to move around the pitch too well anymore, but I can talk for hours. <laughs> I had the skill and I had the skill. Oh, cheers, Larry. Thanks very much. Thanks, Larry. So look, uh, for anybody that is watching or listening, make sure you follow us on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you are watching or listening. Um, we are everywhere. So make sure you follow us and subscribe. We will be back next week. Next Tuesday at half eight, we'll have Gavin Houlihan, who was playing with uh, Hartlepool United over in England at the moment. So Gavin is a friend of mine, actually, I played football with him at Cherry Orchard. So, uh, yeah, going to be having a few. We have a few good stories to tell from our Cherry Orchard days, which are comical stuff, like when we were up in the, the Milk Cup playing against Manchester United and stuff. So, uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to talking to them. Larry, massive thanks again. We're going to end it there. Um, we'll get all of our stuff up on our socials and we just want to say thanks again for, for coming on, all right? Thanks, lads. Right, we'll see everyone the same time next week.